Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Starting over can be tough. There's nothing like starting fresh in a foreign city with no friends, no support system, and no clear plan for the future. It's an arduous task that, for most, results in a headache like no other. And in Sarah's case, it isn't until she's settled into her new home that her predicament turns hellish. Currently streaming on Netflix, writer and director David Marmer's directorial debut, 1BR, puts a young woman's plans for a fresh start in the crosshairs of a cult-like community. After moving to L.A. to escape a grief-stricken past, Sarah, played by Nicole Bloom, finds an idyllic apartment which she wastes no time in moving into. Though, during her brief stay, she learns that there are consequences for breaking the community's rules. Consequences that can be deadly. Things begin normal enough. The complex is picturesque, filled with friendly faces and those offering to help her settle in. It's the perfect place for a fresh start after abandoning her rocky relationship with her father on the East Coast. Though no matter how far she flees, the grief of losing her mother to cancer still weighs heavily on her. This serves as the basis for Sarah's inability to move forward with her life bouncing from temp job to temp job, delaying her plans to finish school to become a costume designer. This uncertainty in her life makes her a prime candidate for the apartment complex's community. Sarah's first night in her seemingly humble abode is less than ideal, as pipes bang and creak and clank all throughout the evening, keeping her awake into the wee hours of the morning. And then she wakes in the middle of the night to shadows dancing across the walls of her room, shadows that she convinces herself belong to an intruder. These are fairly standard staples of apartment horror, though the tension that Marmer crafts materializes in the viewer doubting Sarah's reliability as a narrator. Calling into question our protagonist's reliability initially compels the viewer to question everything. Are these events a result of Sarah's grief-stricken past? Is her running out of a mysterious prescription causing her perception of events to be misinterpreted? The seed of doubt is planted in the viewer's mind early on, which challenges the authenticity of the threat Sarah begins to receive, and makes them all the more ominous. Not long after moving in, someone slips a note under her door, reminding her of the no-pet policy, which Sarah knowingly breaks by smuggling her cat into her apartment. Though what could have been a friendly reminder is made sinister as the note informs Sarah that some people are allergic to cats, you selfish bitch, written in bright red lettering across the bottom of the complaint. This is the first major act of aggression, and as Sarah runs into the hallway to try to see who dropped the letter underneath her door, she realizes it could have been anyone. The realization that there's a wolf amongst the sheep, as it were, on top of our uncertainty as to whether or not Sarah's perception of events is entirely reliable, creates a gripping sense of paranoia that fuels this apartment horror. This not only fills Sarah with doubt, but the viewer as well. That is, until we hear the dreaded smoke detector. Sarah is suddenly woken in the middle of the night to her smoke detector blaring. As she investigates the kitchen, she sees smoke billowing from her oven, and another letter is placed atop of it, reminding her she's in violation of her apartment's pet policy. And when she looks inside the oven, I'm sure you can guess which furry friend is barbecuing. This is the first of many overt acts of violence both the viewer and Sarah herself cannot brush off. There's no explaining this one away. And as we abruptly learn, it's the first of many acts of violence to occur throughout the film. Sarah is then suddenly assaulted by a figure and zip-tied to a chair before being injected with a drug that knocks her out. She awakens in her bedroom, but it no longer resembles the homely amenities that she'd spent the previous week installing. The windows are boarded up, the door is replaced with a metal one that only opens from the other side, and the room is bare with the exception of a strange light on the wall. Sarah learns that the complex's community is much more sinister in its construction than she realized. The entire community of the complex is a more modern take on a classic cult, replacing the Bible with the community standards book 
which details the pillars that their twisted society is built upon. The community's leader informs Sarah that she must be conditioned if she wishes to live amongst them, and that they're doing her a favor as this process will expel her shortcomings and grief. This reconditioning involves Sarah placing her palms on a wall with her legs backed away so she's pushing against it, a position she must hold for hours at a time. The disturbing implications of a woman being held hostage and forced to essentially stand as if she's about to be subjected to a cavity search has disturbing implications, but Marmer smartly makes the conditioning trial about breaking willpower rather than going down a sexual abuse avenue that the viewer can't help but assume it's headed down. This subversion of the expected allows 1BR's premise to shine in its disturbing psychological examination of how creating the perfect community can become so fucked up so quickly. We see Sarah's willpower tested like she's never been tested before. This is where Nicole Bloom's character begins to shine, as she grapples with the unimaginable, a process that we fear will rewrite her moral code, essentially reprogramming her into one of the community members. It's a very real fear, and up until a certain point of the film, we aren't really sure if the process was successful or not. A good portion of the middle act revolves around her being reconditioned and the mental and physical toll that she endures. Marmer makes use of this minimalist space through a disturbing portrayal of both Sarah's declining mental and physical state. As the physical task for standing in the position becomes unbearable, she's informed that they're going to help her to stay upright. Though in typical fashion of cult-like communities, their idea of helping is a perverted misnomer, as Sarah's hands are literally nailed to the wall to ensure she isn't able to fall over again. She even begins to hallucinate her rescue from her father, who quote-unquote uses the pipes to speak with her before tearing off the window barricades for her to escape. This results in a sickening escape attempt where she rips her nailed hands from the wall, only to see the barricades have remained in place and that there is no true escape from this hell. And then, just when it seems as if she cannot survive another moment, Sarah's welcomed into the good graces of the community. They claim that she's ready for more responsibilities, though that which the community sees as a positive, we see it as Sarah's journeying farther down the rabbit hole. There's a drastic change in the second half of the film that does a terrific job of never allowing the film to outstay its welcome. As the first half is a tense and inquisitive examination of Sarah's being the victim, her joining the ranks of the community puts her in a position of power as well as giving the viewer a look behind the community's inner workings. This portion of the film answers many of our questions regarding how the community operates and its purpose, but also, this part of the movie feels fresh compared to the well-executed-on but fairly simple premise of the film. We're shown the ins and outs of the subtle but torturous ways in which the community broke Sarah's willpower before they revealed themselves to her. And just as Sarah begins to fall for the community's brainwashing, She's given a front row seat to the fate of those who grow elderly and can no longer contribute to the society. The film's final act explodes into one hell of a cathartic bloodbath of repressed anguish and grief that Sarah has repressed for the entire film. Pair this with a haunting ending that evokes a similar feeling to that of Karen Kusuma's 2015 film The Invitation, that just because the immediate danger is past doesn't mean our protagonist is out of the woods quite yet. The ways in which Marmor is able to lull the viewer into a false sense of security by the cult's new docile attitude towards Sarah, only to pull the rug out from under our feet with the harsh reality, elevates the simple premise into something really remarkable for a directorial debut. 1BR's fresh take on cult horror is the breath of fresh air that allows us to be a strong new breed of apartment horror. Its scares aren't from the thousand-year-old spirit haunting the halls. It isn't about the mass serial killer hiding amongst the tenants. It's about being chosen, broken, and forced into a servitude way of life that once you outstay your welcome, your eviction isn't just from your unit, but from this earth. I highly recommend 1BR to fans of both apartment horror as well as cult horror movies, as it's a strong blending of the two genres. So be sure to check it out while it's still streaming on Netflix. 
And that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit. I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow at Daily Horror Habit on Instagram and at Daily Horror Pod on Twitter.